I love being able to talk about brands that I use on my podcast, and I've personally been using this one for over five years. Our sponsor, Nature's Way Alive, women's multivitamin gummies are specifically formulated for women. They contain 16 vitamins and minerals, including the full B vitamin complex to help convert food into fuel and have the added benefit of supporting healthy hair, skin, and nails. With just two delicious gummies, Nature's Way Alive, women's multivitamin gummies are an easy way to feel like your best self every day. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash Gemma10 and use code Gemma10 at checkout for 10% off any alive women's multivitamins. Terms and conditions apply, valid through June 30th. There is a whole collection of black lead products at Walmart that can fit into your daily routine. And in every purchase, there is power. So show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long, because every time we buy a black led brand, we make room for another. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choice at Walmart. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products that you can add to your daily routine. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair and Anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the psychology of your 20s, the podcast where we talk through some of the big life changes and transitions of our 20s and what they mean for our psychology. Hello everybody, welcome back to the show, welcome back to the podcast, new listeners, old listeners, wherever you are in the world, it is great to have you here back for another episode, back for another topic. Today you've read the title, you will know that we are talking about dating apps and I think the new reality of dating in your 20s is that dating apps are invariably going to be part of your story or sometimes even your daily life if you're single and it's also probably one of the primary ways that a lot of us meet new individuals and form romantic connections. It's actually really interesting that it has taken over and really become one of the primary ways that people are meeting I guess the loves of their lives and the main people that they date 
in their 20s. There was a study conducted by the Pew Research Center, and it found that almost half of us between 18 and 29 have used a dating app. And we have all heard the stories of people finding the loves of their lives, their future spouses on these sites, sometimes even when they weren't looking. And you know, I can't really say anything because I met my boyfriend on Hinge and he is incredible. So I'm definitely one of the success stories, despite the fact that for a long time, I kind of had it out for dating apps a little bit. I thought that they were so mentally exhausting and fruitless that everyone on there had such different intentions and varied intentions that you could never really meet anyone serious. But I have since changed my mind. And I think the way that we approach how we use dating apps to meet new people really defines the experience that we'll have on them. You know, Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, especially apps that exist on our phone, they have completely changed how we approach dating, specifically by how they have profoundly expanded our options for who we can meet because the uptake of these apps has been so massive. You know, it used to be that your only romantic options were really limited to friends of friends or co-workers or, you know, Dave at the local bar. And now you can kind of meet anyone, not just the people who live down the street or go to your church, but people who live overseas. You could go on a date in every country if you wanted to. You could meet people you might never encounter, go on a date every night of the week if that's your cup of tea. And I just really think that that is something we couldn't do 20, 30 years ago. I think part of the inherent appeal of dating apps is not just the number of choices it provides us, but kind of the ease at which we can now dip our toes in and out of the dating pool in an extremely convenient way, often from, you know, the comfort of sitting on your couch or in bed. It's interesting because I think that dating apps actually represent this like broader societal shift towards convenience and efficiency. You know, we have apps like Uber Eats or Deliveroo for getting, you know, food delivered in 10 minutes or Amazon for when you really need that new clothing item or thing at your door in 24 hours. And of course, we have dating apps. We have almost made finding love convenient, digital, online, something that you could do from the comfort of your own home. And you could join at 7am, be out for drinks by 6pm. That is the appeal of these kind of platforms. I think not only have they changed the number of options and the ease at which we can tap into this like infinite source of potential matches, but they've also shifted our behavioral approach to dating beyond just online swiping. They've kind of changed how we date in real life. And I think they've done this in both good and bad ways and many ways that psychology can explain. So firstly, Dating apps allow us to be very specific with our preferences, which may actually make us more closed off to real life connection. So when we think about things like Tinder or Hinge, you can essentially choose your age range, you can choose your height preferences, even race, and all of these decisions that you're making, they are based on what we think we are attracted to. And there are many, many theories as to where these romantic preferences come from, but also why they might not be completely accurate. 
So often we go into these online environments wanting someone who is 6'2 and someone who is from our neighborhood and someone who is X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And really that might not always put us in the best position to meet someone we actually connect with. So we all have this inherent preference, right? And this preference comes from things like genetics. So the role of genetics is actually pretty important. One of the most fascinating theories focusing on the psychology behind who we find attractive is known as genetic imprinting. So according to this theory, we subconsciously seek out romantic partners who resemble our parents. Now, this behavior is thought to be an evolutionary thing, an evolutionary preference that helps ensure genetic compatibility and it increases the likelihood of producing healthy offspring. You know, it also comes down to things like hormones and pheromones, and it's closely linked to the Freudian idea of the Oedipus and Oedipal complex. I actually don't like this theory. I think that it's really strange to suggest that we are only ever attracted to people who mimic our parents, not just from a weird, almost vaguely incestuous way, but also because I think that it doesn't really allow for the idea of couples who aren't heterosexual. There's also a lot of stuff to do with things like race. You know, if you are someone who is Caucasian, this theory says that you inherently can't be attracted to someone who is a different race to you, which we know very well is absolutely not correct. So it is one theory, not the full picture. I think our preferences also come from things like familiarity and similarity. We are more attracted to people we already feel similar to or who we share a common interest with because we interpret that similarity to mean that we have shared values and therefore that we are more compatible. Even deeper than that is this theory that we are attracted to people who we see as being equally attractive as us. So more colloquially, we would say that is being attracted to someone who is in our league. And that kind of comes from the influence of self-esteem and not wanting to put yourself in a place where you can feel or are rejected. So you seek out people who you think are on a similar level to you in terms of the attributes that people find attractive. You know, culture, family, it also plays a role in who we think will be, you know, not only a physical match, but also an emotional match. And so we make our selections on dating apps based on this preconceived notion of who we see ourselves with in the future. But these preferences are not always accurate and they also change over time. So research that has been published in the Personality and Psychology Bulletin, it followed over 200 participants for 13 years. And what they found was that our conception of the ideal partner will transform as we get older. Specifically, we begin to reduce our value on things like attractiveness or we stop focusing on particular physical features and there are certain traits that become more attractive to us, specifically when it comes to looking for trying to find a long-term partner. So how does this kind of relate back to the dating app theory, the dating app zeitgeist? Well, the basic premise of these apps is that you don't need to meet people in person unless you want to. You can do it all online. 
And so we make judgments about someone's personality and their inherent compatibility with us based on a very limited information that is coming from potentially a highly curated profile. And we also make a judgment based on our misguided preferences. I always say this, but I think that you will never know whether someone is right for you unless you actually have the chance to meet them. Obviously, there are some huge red flags that we can make a pretty snap judgment around, but because of how many choices these apps present us, often we actually end up ignoring or dismissing people based on their profile who actually could have been great for us. Another element of this is not feeling like you actually have a connection with any of your matches because you are so overwhelmed by choice. It's kind of the reverse of what we call the scarcity effect. So when something is limited or rare, like a romantic connection, we value it more. But when something is plentiful and there is a very large supply, like matches in a big city, we value each of those matches, the potential for a romantic connection within each of those, we value that a whole lot less. Have you ever had that experience of chatting with a bunch of people on dating apps and then one of them organizes a date and you have to like go back and remind yourself what their name was or you like completely forget what they look like when their friends ask or just feeling really overwhelmed by your options. That is reflective of an experience known as choice overload, which we have spoken about on the show before. Essentially, we find it really difficult to make a choice when we're presented with too many options. And that kind of seems a little bit counterintuitive. You know, surely as humans, we want more options so that we don't feel limited by our choices. But actually, no, our brains can only process so much information at once. So when we are on a dating app and there are thousands of potential people that we might find a little bit attractive, we might get along with, we might see a future with, we can actually become paralyzed by all those choices and we can't take any action. This may explain why a lot of us don't actually end up meeting the people we match with or translating those online interactions into real dates. So there was a study that I found when looking into this that was actually really interesting when it comes to this point. And what it said was that some 48% of people who are currently using swipe-based dating apps, so Tinder, Hinge basically, they have met up with less than five people in the past year. And half of those people have never even met anyone despite using the apps continuously. And these are you know, these people who are frequently swiping. They are frequently looking around, matching with people. So besides from choice overload, why is that so common? Why do we use dating apps if we're not using them for their original purpose, which is to neo date or maybe find love? I think the biggest explanation for that is validation. Maybe we have a bit of a bruised ego. We've just been through a bad breakup. And if we're honest with ourselves, we're not actually ready to date again. But seeing those matches and those likes and the people who think that we're attractive is a confidence boost. It's validating to know that people think that you're hot or people think that you're cute. And in our society, attractiveness is often associated with self-worth. And so we find that we feel a lot better about ourselves without ever even having to meet these people. 
So 61% of respondents in this same study said that they were more interested in discovering who was attracted to them online than actually going out with anyone. And obviously, I think we need to do a little bit more research into this. It would be a really fascinating follow-up study. But I think what this initial finding shows us is that dating apps may be more of a source of public affirmation than actually romantic potential. I have a theory as to why that might be the case. And it has to do with what I would call the gamification of dating through the existence of dating apps. And I don't think that that was intentional. You know, there's a lot of other apps that we use on our phone that we have used for a long time. And when we think about the things that we often go to our phones for, yeah, there's, you know, messaging, there's phone calls, there's communication, but there's also things like social media and games. And these apps have been constructed to be highly addictive and to keep our attention by manipulating how we receive dopamine through likes and delayed gratification, flashy colors and short hits or kind of rewards. And so that pattern of consumption and that usage has been translated to how we approach dating apps. We now approach them like a game, like something to give us that dopamine through validation. And so we swipe and we swipe and we swipe And we never actually do anything. Honestly, I think if you want any success, if you want to actually meet people, it might be frustrating to say it, but I think it's also obvious that you've kind of got to do the work. Like you have to be going on dates, even if they might be horrible, they'll still be a really good story. You have to talk to people, you have to translate those connections to kind of real world meet cutes. And that can be hard for some people. I really appreciate that. I think dating apps can make some people feel particularly down on themselves because of things like a high rejection rate. You know, not everyone you encounter is going to be a winner because each of these people has their own reasons for being on an app like Tinder or Hinge or Bumble. So kind of the nature of using these apps regularly is that people can drop off. You're going to get ghosted. People start dating others whilst they're still talking to you. And I think that that is actually quite confusing and can make us feel a little bit bitter. And that lack of repeat failure, it's not even a failure, maybe the lack of success or when you've had a string of bad dates or a string of people who have ghosted you when you really thought that you were getting along, that's pretty exhausting. And I even have a term for it. It's called dating app burnout. I've experienced it before. If you've listened to my like life update that I did recently, you'll know that before I met my boyfriend, I was like, I'm never going on a dating app again. Like I, I'm not doing it. I'm so exhausted. I'm so sick of people not wanting anything. And if you're in that frame of mind right now, maybe it's time to change tact and take a moment to pause and focus on some other things or change your messaging approach. Better yet, match with some people that you typically wouldn't choose and just see what happens. Like you have nothing to lose. But that does actually bring me to my final element around the psychology of dating apps before we get into the second part of this episode. And I think it's really important to acknowledge some of the dangers, particularly around misogyny and violence towards women or other people. I don't really think I need to give you all a lesson in online safety because hopefully we are all up to date, we're all up to speed on the do's and don'ts. And I would say that most people are generally pretty good people, 
but stranger danger is not a thing of the past. So I think it's important to do some of the basic investigative work before you show up at a bar at 2am to meet Mark, who was self-employed from a town you've never heard of. You know, dating app corporations haven't always been great at taking safety seriously, but one dating app that I think does and has done it really well is Bumble. And I want to quickly say this episode is not sponsored by them, by the way. I just think that each app kind of offers its own flavor of online dating. And when I was single, Bumble was personally one of my favorites. So when we come back, we are going to be talking to Lucille. She is our very own guest member of the Bumble team. And what I want to talk to her about is how to A, make the most out of dating apps and B, just make the most out of dating in our 20s in general. So all of that and more in just a second. I love being able to talk about brands that I use on the podcast, and this is a brand that I've been personally using for over five years. Our sponsor, Nature's Way Alive Women's Multivitamin Gummies, are specifically formulated for women. They contain 16 vitamins and minerals, including the full B vitamin complex to help you convert food into fuel. They also have calcium and vitamin D to support bone health and healthy hair, skin, and nails. And for those of you who may be watching your sugar intake, they now have a zero sugar version made with plant-based sweeteners, including stevia extract and monk fruit extract. With just two delicious gummies, Nature's Way Alive Women's Multivitamin Gummies are an easy way to feel like your best self every day. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash Gemma and use code Gemma10 at checkout for 10% off any Alive Women's Multivitamins. Terms and conditions apply, valid through June 30th. Our first time using something normally forms a lifelong impression, even if psychology says that impression is not always correct. For example, you may try a new food for the first time, realize you don't like it, and you're convinced for the rest of your life to never try again. Or the first time shaving or using hair removal cream. I think we can all remember that strong chemical smell of those old formulas, well, that is about to change. Nair is the number one hair removal brand, and now it has a new and improved formula that actually smells amazing and does away with the need to shave or have a rusty razor on hand. I was honestly so surprised when I used these for the first time because I think the last time I used hair removal creams was when I was probably 18. There was nothing pleasant about that smell, but now with scents like orange blossom and Moroccan argan oil for their new shower creams and cocoa butter, oat milk, vanilla or water lily and aloe vera for their body creams, they actually make me enjoy the experience. So a story about this. The other day I had three of my closest girlfriends and my boyfriend over for dinner and we had this bottle. We decided we wanted to try it out. We wanted to get rid of some hair on our legs we all used the oat milk and vanilla body cream literally at my dining table we applied it we waited for three minutes they turned out so smooth even my boyfriend put some on his calf let me tell you that little spot is still silky smooth a week later he can testify this stuff works and we also agreed these new formulas are 
a game changer because not only can you actually get rid of hair, it actually smells nice and it removes the hassle of having to shave every few days, every few weeks. It also is free of dyes, it's free of parabens, it's free of sulfates, which is a big plus for me. And I have to say, again, the new Spence actually smell really, really good. You can smell them for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girlbomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girlbomb is all about helping you elevate your self-care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girlbomb to get the job done right. Conair Girlbomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the sassy Girlbomb grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional-grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girlbomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girlbomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Dating apps and the topic of dating apps comes up a lot around dating in our 20s because I think of their popularity, their prevalence, more and more we're hearing that people are meeting their partners on dating apps. But I still think some parts of it need to be explored a little bit further from a psychological perspective, from a social perspective, as to what the role of dating apps is now and how it's kind of replaced or complements other ways of meeting people. And I thought, who better to have on the show than someone who knows this topic quite intimately? Today, we are joined by Lucille, and she works at Bumble as the communications director. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I feel like a lot of the rhetoric around dating apps comes from like the users um, and not so much from the people behind the scenes who have like brought these things to life. So can you explain kind of how the idea of Bumble came about and maybe also how it's different to the other apps? I know like it's the, the trifecta of like Tinder, Hinge and Bumble. How is Bumble kind of standing out from the crowd? Yeah, I think it's really interesting to look at sort of the genesis story of Bumble. And that happened nearly 10 years ago now um, when our CEO and founder, Whitney Wolfhood, had left another dating app that she had worked for. And in the process of leaving that company, experienced a lot of internet trolling, really saw the ugly side of the internet that we all have seen. Um, But, you know, back then it was, you know, really dark 
And so it really inspired her to think about, you know, why do we treat each other this way? Why do we allow this toxicity to exist online? You know, why do we treat each other a way that we just wouldn't treat each other in person? So while she is having this experience, she also has, you know, experience in dating and those two things kind of came together in her mind at the same time as this was pre Time's Up, pre Me Too, pre so many things that we know now when it comes to the conversation around gender. And she was thinking, you know, I know so many really successful women who are really smart and really powerful who won't ask a man out or who won't ask a man for their number in a bar, who just have this like dating seems to be the place where we are still really traditional and still hold really traditional views. So all these ideas and experiences are kind of playing around in her mind. And that's where she comes up with the idea for Bumble, because on Bumble in heterosexual matches, women make the first move, which means a man can't talk to you if you're a woman unless you Mm -hmm. make the first move first and invite that conversation. And the philosophy behind that was if we change the way conversations start, maybe we can change the way they continue and the way relationships build and sort of bake in kindness and respect and inclusivity into those conversations with the idea being that men historically face so much rejection in online dating that that um, feeling can inspire them to behave badly to be aggressive because they've been told they have to be aggressive they have to be the pursuer they have to do all of these things so if by flipping all of that on its head how do we change the way that men women interact with each other Mm. um and how do we hopefully create healthier and more equal relationships off the back of that and you know that was yeah nearly 10 years ago and there's been so many um, success stories since of Bumble babies and weddings and engagements and all these kind of things. I think that success has been proven in terms of both as a business and as a way of connecting people. Um, But there are a few things that make, that's not the only thing that makes Bumble different, women making the first move. Um, We also are known for our 24 hour timer. So the idea has always been on Bumble to like actually get people talking. The idea isn't just to collect matches and have them sitting there it's to actually get people talking and with the goal of meeting in real life you know I think that changed a lot during the pandemic which I am sure we'll we'll talk about the impact of the pandemic Mm. during the rest of our chat but you know the goal has always been to connect you with people in your area that you can meet when you feel safe and the 24-hour timer is about making sure that people are actually starting conversations and going on dates and getting out there and meeting people and if you're not familiar with what the 24-hour timer is it means that in um a a woman has 24 hours to send the first message and the man has 24 hours to respond Mm. um and in matches between men and men or women and women or non-binary people and men and women the 24-hour timer is still there it just doesn't matter who makes the first move um so the idea is yeah to just get people talking and get people connecting um which i think oftentimes is what people isn't necessarily what people associate with online dating yeah absolutely i feel like when i was we were talking about this before i am i currently have a partner so but i've have done my fair share of of matching and swiping and online dating and I found like the most infuriating thing about it was the the use of it as, as like validation rather than actually for dating um on both ends where it was like wow I just feel like all I'm doing is accumulating these people who like whose 
validation I guess I want and then not really talking to them. And I also think that giving women the agency to be like, I'm going to choose who I want to speak to in my private life is so different to how we operate publicly, where I think a lot of the times there is this very traditional outdated idea that like men can approach us whenever they want and they can kind of interrupt our space and like come into our private sphere and like interrupt our lives and almost insist on some kind of romantic connection. But I think the beauty of, of apps like Bumble is that it is no longer it's 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 in the woman's hands who who they decide to let into that space. So I think it's really, really cool. On a kind of like more general note, I think that the rise of dating apps has really changed how we approach dating. For a few like psychological reasons, I think it gives us this sense of like abundance and infinite possibility. Um, but then also kind of really has changed how we make decisions when it comes to our partners and the people we want to date in that we can be a lot quicker and discerning because of these online profiles and in a way that we maybe wouldn't be in our real lives or in an organic setting. And also this idea of like the choice paradox where like you're kind of overwhelmed by so many choices that you find it hard to choose someone. And I still think that they're, yeah, it's really changed quite a bit. Do you have a perspective on what you think the major ways that dating apps have changed, how we approach romantic connections, especially in our 20s? Yeah, I think that there's definitely valid arguments for the things you just mentioned about, you know, especially, um, you know, in markets where dating apps are really established and there's like large communities, you might feel like you're never going to get to the end of your you know, swipe queue or all of those things. Yeah. And you can't imagine there's actually that many single people in your area. Yeah. But I, I think the flip side of that is that dating apps have really enabled you access to a much more diverse pool of people than I guess we'll call it analog dating does. I think if you were to just date in the traditional way, going out into the real world, you're, you're actually quite limited um, in the types of people that you can meet because traditionally pre-dating apps most people met at work um, well I work in PR so I've I've never worked with a ma- with a straight man yeah. <laughs> really so that I'm not going to meet a man at work um, you know Bumble is is like a female dominated company I'm probably not going to meet a man here either yeah um, and then you know through friends is the other way that people primarily met their partners and what if you all your friends don't have eligible friends to introduce you to or what if they're all married or what you know it's like you are limited by who's at the pub when you're at the pub or you know who's on the train that like looks nice whereas when you are online dating you might have someone that lives next door to you that you never would have interacted with otherwise and there's also research that's mostly come out of the US but I think it would stand true everywhere is that Mm there's been a rise in interracial relationships since the rise of dating apps. Um, and I think you could you could um, put that up to a number of things, but absolutely having access to a more diverse dating pool is a big part of why you would see those kind of trends increasing, which I think is really positive. I totally agree. I feel like it's changed so much in the sense of like your – like I always talk about this on the podcast, the idea of like your epistemic bubble and like your tribe in that we are really quite 
happy existing in an established group and not really challenging that. And our community is, and when we think about community, we think about work friends, we think about friends, we think about family, we think about colleagues, we think about acquaintances. It's not really larger than like a hundred people. So I think it is one of those things where it's like, oh great, now I don't just have to marry like the guy I met at church who my parents yeah, think got is cool. Options. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I can marry this like really cool DJ. I don't know, not that I would do that, but like, <laughs> you know but what I mean? If you want, if you want, like yeah. I've met on Bumble, I've met doctors, I've met DJs, I've met bartenders, I've met, you know, people that work in advertise. Like, you know, you're, you can't really necessarily walk into a bar and walk up to a table of a doctor, a DJ, a bartender and a, you know, barista, you know, yeah. like you're not going to find that, you know, and that's just thinking about occupation. That's not even thinking about like, you know, values or age yeah. or, you know, um, like a million other things that go into like what makes mm. a compatible partner. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting because people who've listened to this show for a while will know that I used to have like such a stance against dating apps, which is <laughs> ironic, I know. And the irony deepens when like I met my current boyfriend on a dating app and like even the like and I kind of downloaded it and was like oh my god this is the last time I'm ever doing this like because I had reached this sense of like fatigue around oh my gosh I'm getting all these matches but one of the things that I'm not getting is like I'm not going on dates or like they fizzle out and I think that's why the 24-hour thing is great it's like okay well then I don't have to worry about this person after 24 hours they obviously like are not serious about me or about dating. So I think it really contributes to this like dating with intention model that we really promote on the show. One of the things though is, like I said, this kind of burnout or fatigue from being on dating apps since I was like 18 and then like periodically being like, I hate this. But how can we move our conversations on dating apps to real world conversation, to real world kind of interactions? Because I think that was why... I wasn't a proponent for a while. I now am a massive proponent. I think that they're a very important tool. But how can we kind of shift our online interactions with someone into a real world setting? Yeah. And I think what you just said, that you downloaded the app, it was the final time you were going to do it, you'd had it, and that's when you met someone. That is not the first or the second or the third time I've heard people say that is like, I just gave it one more crack and then I met this person that's like now my husband, wife, partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, yeah. whichever it might be. And so I think it's really interesting to think about why that is so often the case and what you did differently that time around, you know, mm. versus all the other times before where you downloaded it, had to go, like what was different in your attitude? What was different in the choices that you made? What was different in how you put yourself out there? Because like there's a reason that story is really common. And I think it is because you brought a different attitude. Maybe you were less self-conscious. Maybe you were more outgoing. Maybe you, the that like final air attitude about you um, gave you an edge, you know, or maybe you had a really clear intention, like I want to go on a date, I want to meet someone, I Mm. have a vision in my head of who the person is that I want to meet. Like it could be any of those things, it could be none of them, but what do you think it was? That is so interesting because I'm sitting here being like, wow, Lucilla's like spot on right now because (laughs) I think that I went into it being like, yeah, I'm not here to like fuck around. Like I've, I've done 
the endless dates I've done. I've had like my feral era. I've had my relationships. I've had my situationships. And I was like, what I really want to do is just like actually build a connection with someone. Um, And so the people who weren't willing to do that or who were just like asking me like, you know, one word questions being like, why, who, what? Like, I just immediately was like, okay, I'm not interested in this. So I think that was one part of it. And then the person I'm now dating, like one thing that really set him apart was that he asked a lot of really interesting questions. And for anyone listening out there who's like, I want to connect with people on dating apps and have better conversations. He did this thing that was like, really got me where he was like, listen, I'm not going to ask, we're not going to start with a small talk. I'm going to ask you 10 serious questions. And then afterwards we can talk about other stuff. And I was like, oh, and at first I was like, oh, this is a bit like intense. He didn't say it as intensely as I paraphrased it. But he then asked me like a series of really interesting questions and then he he answered them in return. And some of them were like, what did you learn from your past relationship? Um, what do people think of you? What do you think people think of you when they first see you? What is your best attribute? All of these things that I think we don't normally do in the small talk yeah. phase. See, that is hot. It was so attractive. Yeah. I was I like, think, did you say Whoa. he? You're talking about a man? I'm talking about men, yeah. yeah. So, like, men, like, take note and also women take note that these men are mm. out there. <laughs> yeah, and, like, for any gender, I was like, this is just, like, I was like, if I ever have to do this again, like, this is a power play because I was like, it immediately cuts through, I think, all of the all of the weird awkwardness of matching with someone and being like, what do they actually want? Like, oh, is this just going to be another, like, it's just going to be like another thing also a great feature of bumble is like you have to answer within 24 hours um so it eliminates like having to stare at the people who've ghosted you but i think the other thing that really changed for me and why that situation worked and why it was like the the dating app like why my final time using dating apps has proven successful this far is because i was like i actually really know what i want now and i'm able to very clearly like discern what they want from like certain things on their profile um so i think that like dating apps if people answer honestly also give you information that might be a little bit harder to get out like do you want children um it's like that that those questions like do you drink um are you looking for a long-term relationship or not and immediately i was like anyone who was like just looking for fun or like short term not sure I was like no I was like yeah, if you're not bother? sure why waste your time yeah yeah and I think that's probably what you were doing previously is wasting mm. a bit of time because you're like oh they look fun they look hot they look like they maybe have my shared sense of humor but if they're mm. also telling you in other ways that they're like not compatible for you or you don't want the same things you know but they've there's something about them that's like a bit of you then you're like oh I'm, I'm, I'll just chat or like you know, those guys that give the one word answers, you're like, oh, I'm just going to persist. And it's like something really does change when you stop doing that. And you really yeah. look for the people that are giving you what you want. I love that perspective. Something that I get asked a lot that I think maybe you could shed some light on as like our dating, dating app expert <laughs> is these two conflicting perspectives. So when I was single, I heard a lot like dating is just a numbers game. And then the other one was, it will happen when you least expect it. Both of those, I think those are two incredibly different perspectives. It's like dating is a numbers game is like you will reach a maximum, reach number of dates and then like the next one will be the right date. 
And then the other perspective is like, it's all up to fate. It's like fate versus like action and intention. Do you think it's a numbers game? What would you say like as someone who is obviously working in the machinery of dating apps, what is the story you typically see? I think both of those things are true and both of them are incorrect at the same time for different Mm. reasons. And I think if we start with dating as a numbers game, um, it is true in the sense that you have to actually be talking to people in order to talk to someone that you like. (laughs) You know, you have to actually be going on dates to meet someone that you have a great date with, you know, and not everyone is going to be for you and you are not going to be for everyone else. So in order to find the people that are for you and that you're for them, you have to, it is a bit of a numbers game. You know, you, it is a process of elimination. Like you have to be out there on the streets doing the work, you know, um, (laughs) you have to be out of the house, you know, you have to get out there. You have to be the person, the love of your life is not going to like be in your living room on a Friday night you know, and find you there, you know, like you have to get out there yeah. and do it. Unless he's like a real weird. Yeah. And then you don't want him, you know? <laughs> yeah. <And> no. then, <laughs> but then on the flip side, you know, some, you, sometimes the first person you come in contact with is the right person, you know, and, and fate does have a role to play. I think that that really depends as well on like your beliefs. If you believe that there is one person out there that you're trying to find, or if there are many possible ones for you. I think that like there, it definitely can't be understated that feeling like of when you know that you've met someone um, and fate has a big role to play in that. I don't, I think that really comes down to like whether you believe in that our destiny is predetermined, whether you believe yeah, that like- big philosophical questions. Know, but I think both are true. Like you need to have faith yeah. that there is someone out there and that fate will deliver them to you at some point but you also have to be in the game playing the game to win the game at some point you know I don't don't really like the game analogies but like what I mean by that is you kind of have to hedge your bets and be participating in the process in order to get what you want out of it and there'll be times when fate comes into it but you still have to be in the running you know I really do agree with that, actually. I'm just full of agreements for everything you're saying. Because I think it's like, um, I also do believe that dating, especially dating with intention, is a skill that you practice. Uh, Especially like discerning what you want from someone, being able to set boundaries, knowing how to go on enjoyable dates, knowing how to get the most out of the experience is not something that we're just going to be like, oh, I go on like one date a year and like, oh, it's terrible. Of course it's going to be terrible. Like in the same way that if you didn't talk to, if you didn't try and make new friends for a long time, you would probably really struggle having conversations with people you didn't have like a mutual shared history with. So I think you're right. It's like a component of both. And then sometimes it's just like the right person comes along and you're like, where have you been hiding? Exactly. And I think like you don't always... Um, like realize that dating is a skill and meeting new people is a skill and dating is just meeting new people you know so the comfort level of like sitting down for a drink or a coffee or whatever activity you're doing with someone that you've never met like 
that no matter how confident you are, the first couple of times you do that, you're going to be like a weird and awkward version of yourself. So you have to get better at dating. You have to go on a few dates and like practice that skill, learn, okay, what kind of questions do I want to ask? How do I want to answer those kind of questions? What are my good stories? You know, what, what is it? You know, it's like, it's, it's dating in that sense is almost like public speaking, you know, or like presenting skills, like, because it's, there's not that many, aside from work, there's not that many other scenarios in life where you're pushed into a one-on-one situation with someone that you don't know. And it is a skill to develop. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really great skill to develop. It, if you are really good at dating, that can build your confidence and help you in so many other parts of your life as well, because it is that skill that will transfer into meeting new people in any context. Um, but it is something that you do have to, you know, have a go at and practice. And that's why it is good to go on dates, even if you're not like 100% sure that you really like that person. It's like, well, it's all good for the experience, you know. It doesn't mean like use people as practice dates, but you also never know. Like sometimes, like I do this thing, because I know we had, um, mm. like the, we were talking before about also like not feeling a spark. And like, I do this thing. Every single date I go on, first date, I sit down immediately and I'm like, oh, no. Like, you know, like. Really? And I have to push through it because it's like this immediate automatic response where I'm like, no matter if they look exactly like how I imagined, no matter if their voice is exactly like how I pictured it, they're wearing exactly what, I just get this immediate like, oh, no, got the ick. And I have to push through it and it almost nine times out of ten it like goes away after like five minutes of like sitting there talking to them but it's almost like this weird automatic reaction where my brain's like no 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 you don't like this person so weird but it's like you have to push through that kind of thing because I've had that with people that I've like gone on to have like relationships with you know so Mm. it's like we also have this kind of romantic idea like we're expecting like sparks to fly and fireworks immediately and like that's not really reality no I think it's like about pushing through the discomfort and something else that else that that really reminded me of what you were saying is you don't really know what someone's like until you meet them and I think that's the argument for using apps in a way whereby you're not just looking for online interactions you're actually looking for like real life situations because once you meet them I I had this with someone I was dating previously where I was like, oh my goodness, like his, his profile was not amazing. I was kind of like, it's giving me the ick, but he like immediately asked me on a date and I was like, and I met him in person and I was like, felt a bit awkward. And then suddenly it was like the best date I've ever been on because I like forced myself out of my comfort zone. It's also something that I'm like, I also have to remind myself what I did when I was single is like is this date actually interesting or am I just an interesting person? Yes. Because am I carrying this? Yeah. (laughs) Am I carrying this? And so one of my friends had this really, because we were talking about it a lot and she was like, you know, Gemma, your, your day job is talking to people for a living and finding like, finding ways to make, you know, a topic accessible and, you know, speak to people. So of course, when you go on a date with someone, you're going to be applying that same skill that you have. And she said to me, she was like, when you're on a date, you need to think about how many questions has he asked you in the last hour? And it should be more than like, I think five was her rule. And 
notice how many times you're genuinely laughing and try not to like fake laugh out of politeness because I think that like humor and emotional compatibility and conversation are like the three bedrocks for a good connection that's just my personal perspective um and she was like often as women in particular speaking as a woman your like first inclination is to like be really polite and really appease this person and make them think they're really funny and make them think they're really interesting but it's like no when you're dating with intention you're the one who wants to be satisfied here yeah and I also do this thing where I um if I'm nervous I will ask heaps of questions um just out of like it's almost like that nervous anxiety like that energy that you get and then it's easy to just do that non-stop and then be like hang on this person hasn't asked me anything um and are they yeah what what are we really getting at here and I think that's the other thing when you think about dating with intention is like being clear on what it is you want is actually kind of a hard thing to do in your 20s because in your early 20s it's going to be probably a different to in your late 20s and working out like what it is that you want to get out of a date. Is it just to like have fun and meet new people and learn things or is it to like find a partner? Because how you go about doing both of those things is very different. Also, it's experimentation. I think that's also why dating apps have a lot of merit in this in this day and age is because you really don't know what you want until you experience it and also until you experience what you don't want. And that is part of that is the value in meeting different types of people who you might otherwise not have interacted with, who might be someone who you've maybe counted out in the past. Like, I think that is so, so important. I love being able to talk about brands that I use on the podcast, and this is a brand that I've been personally using for over five years. Our sponsor, Nature's Way Alive Women's Multivitamin Gummies, are specifically formulated for women. They contain 16 vitamins and minerals, including the full B vitamin complex to help you convert food into fuel. They also have calcium and vitamin D to support bone health and healthy hair, skin, and nails. And for those of you who may be watching your sugar intake they now have a zero sugar version made with plant-based sweeteners including stevia extract and monk fruit extract with just two delicious gummies nature's way alive women's multivitamin gummies are an easy way to feel like your best self every day to learn more visit naturesway.com slash Gemma and use code Gemma 10 at checkout for 10% off any alive women's multivitamins terms and conditions apply valid through June 30th Our first time using something normally forms a lifelong impression, even if psychology says that impression is not always correct. For example, you may try a new food for the first time, realize you don't like it, and you're convinced for the rest of your life to never try again. Or the first time shaving or using hair removal cream. I think we can all remember that strong chemical smell of those old formulas, Well, that is about to change. Nair is the number one hair removal brand, and now it has a new and improved formula that actually smells amazing and does away with the need to shave or have a rusty razor on hand. I was honestly so surprised when I used these for the first time because I think the last time I used hair removal creams was when I was probably 18. 
there was nothing pleasant about that smell, but now, with scents like orange blossom and Moroccan argan oil for their new shower creams, and cocoa butter, oat milk, vanilla or water lily and aloe vera for their body creams, they actually make me enjoy the experience. So, a story about this. The other day, I had three of my closest girlfriends and my boyfriend over for dinner, and we had this bottle. We decided we wanted to try it out. We wanted to get rid of some hair on our legs. We all used the oat milk and vanilla body cream. Literally at my dining table, we applied it. We waited for three minutes. They turned out so smooth. Even my boyfriend put some on his calf. Let me tell you, that little spot is still silky smooth. A week later, he can testify this stuff works. And we also agreed these new formulas are a game changer because not only can you actually get rid of hair, it actually smells nice and it removes the hassle of having to shave every few days, every few weeks. It also is free of dyes, it's free of parabens, it's free of sulfates, which is a big plus for me. And I have to say, again, the new Spence actually smell really, really good. You can smell them for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girlbomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self-care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the Sassy Girl Bomb Grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair any Anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Okay, so we've obviously spent so much, so many minutes talking about this, but one thing we haven't talked about is being single and how we can get the most out of our single days, perhaps with the help of dating apps. So I know Bumble has this really cool, I guess, is it a feature or is it a, it's like in the app, it's Bumble. Bumble BFF, right? Bumble Friends. Yeah, so it's actually just um, relaunched its own new app. Um, so it used to be a mode within Bumble that you could use for friend finding. Mm-hmm. And just last week, it's become its own app. So I think that is really one of the things that we're most excited about at the moment because a lot of our research from 
um, people in their 20s, like Gen Z people, were saying like they want to make new friends, they feel lonely, they remote work and remote learning and all these things has like really impacted ability, their ability to connect socially platonically. Um, so, I mean, we touched on this earlier, like the impact of the pandemic in a number of ways when it comes to like platonic connections, people don't really know like where to go to make a new friend. Um, and the interesting thing is a lot of, gen, more than half of Gen Z people said they have made new friends online, but it's usually through social media or gaming or things like that oh. and not necessarily people that they can meet in person and we've been talking a lot about how important it is to be able to connect in real life with people and so Bumble for Friends works by the same way as um, Bumble Date by connecting you with people in your local area who want to be friends so if you're like looking to expand your social network do all these kind of things make new friends Bumble for Friends is the way way to go and then when it comes to like romantic connections and dating with intention we've also launched a feature called in-app speed dating which is um literally what it says and it's a bit of a mix of like speed dating and blind dating where you play the game on thursdays at 7 p.m and it's blind dating so you get matched with someone for three minutes and you can't see their photos or their name and you have to chat and then at the end if you both liked each other at the end of the game you get matched and then you see like their profile and their other information so that's just like kind of a fun way of like getting you getting people like actually talking to each other and dating because I think in this post-COVID world we're all a bit like we've all become a bit like insular and weird and we don't really know how to get out there so I think if you're feeling like you're looking for that kind of platonic connection in your life Bumble for Friends is a really great way to go and if you're really looking to get back into dating and want to go on some more dates want to talk to some more people in-app speed dating is like kind of a fun way to like do it at scale like talk to a bunch of people in one go and like see who you like and you know if you're feeling like oh I'm talking to these guys or girls or whoever it might be and I'm not really you know getting asked out on dates like do the asking you know have a Mm. have a thing where it's like do you want to go see Barbie or Oppenheimer or whatever your thing is or like (laughs) there's a you know this is happening on the weekend like you want to come with me like just ask people out like I ask people out all the time and like the first time I did it I was like thought I was going to die of nerves and now I'm just like do you want to go for a drink on Thursday and if they say yes great if they say no cool like no skin off my nose you know you just it's a muscle you have to build and practice absolutely absolutely I do that well not anymore but I did I'd be like you know it doesn't really matter like I want to see this person I may as well do it and it's always so nice when someone asks you on a date so give that back to them as well um also I will say I used Bumble BFF when I first moved to Sydney I had moved from Canberra didn't really have community and I was like I want to make friends from the comfort of my bed yeah (laughs) no but like in a way where it's like oh, these are people that I might not interact with. I might not run into them on the street. I might not be doing, that. they might not be working with me. And it was really, really amazing. And I think that a big part of being single is building community and building connection and building experiences and stories. And a lot of that comes down to, yeah, meeting new people. So I think that using features like Bumble BFF or just like, 
a dating app to just go and have fun and just to meet new people, even if you're not looking for anything particularly serious. It's like super, super interesting. Wait, I have one more question for you. And I was just thinking this and I was like, I don't know if I know the answer to this. Do you use Bumble? Yes. Or is it weird? No. You do? I do use Bumble. Um, I It can be a bit weird sometimes. I do get asked every now and then if I'm like doing research or like, you know, spying on people. But I can assure you I am not. Um and yeah, I ask people out all the time. I go on dates. I've gone on like three dates in the last three weeks because I just like ask people out and it really gets way less scary every time that you do it. So yeah, I would definitely encourage people to, if they're feeling like, you know, we spoke a lot about dating with intention, but if you don't know what your intentions are, date different types of people. You know, if you've just always dated the same type of person and it's not getting you anywhere just like go on a date with someone completely different and get out of this mindset that like going on a date with someone is like some kind of massive commitment like you can just go on a date with someone have a drink with them and like see where it goes you know but I think we kind of have this especially as women can get stuck in this idea of like oh maybe I'll like send the wrong message or this will happen, or like, then I'll have to do all this other stuff. No, you don't. You can just go on a date with someone, have a drink, go for a walk in the park, get a coffee, do whatever, and just see how it goes, you know, and try and go outside your comfort zone and go outside your, where you've traditionally sort of dated. And even if you don't meet the love of your life, you will have great experiences. You'll meet new people. You'll build those, that confidence, build those skills, and you'll probably have fun. And I think we just get so lost in all of the parts of dating that make it feel stressful that we forget that it's meant to be fun and if you go in with that even if you have the intention of finding a long-term partner your short-term goal should be to have fun you know and to enjoy yourself and to enjoy your life so have your intentions but also make sure that you're enjoying yourself along the way I think that is a great place to conclude. That is such amazing advice. And I was like, I wonder if she uses Bumble because I was like, maybe it would come off as like, oh, is this person like a scam? Like, is she like observing us? I was like, I really want to know. So it's good to hear that you uh, believe in in the app so much. I do believe in what I'm selling, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's always a positive. It's always a positive. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. It was amazing to have this kind of other perspective um counter to like the user experience but also the user experience I guess yeah it's a bit of both (laughs) it's a bit of both well you're so welcome it was so lovely to be able to talk to you as always if you enjoyed this episode please feel free to leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you are listening right now also go and download bumble if you're single looking to mingle I feel like you should give it a go if you enjoyed this content as well please feel free to follow me at that psychology podcast if you have an episode suggestion if you just want to be part of the community I always appreciate seeing you guys over there and as always if there is a friend who you think needs to hear this episode share it on share it forward share the joy and we will be back next week with another episode
It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock, one at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8am to 8pm with giveaways dropping every hour on the hour. It is the perfect time to try, like and share black lead products. It's free, it's for everyone and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black lead products that are creating a new world of choice at Walmart. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair and anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. As someone who works for themselves, I'm always looking for ways to make my life a little bit easier. One of those things is Canva's AI-powered Canva presentations. When I need to make a deck super quick for a meeting or a pitch, I just start with a prompt, describe my presentations in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds. It is the perfect way to get a head start on my slides. It's incredibly easy to learn and use and they also look incredible. I can then customize based on my favorite style and content, and there we go. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work.